What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Baby, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Ready for this NBA season to kick off. Special NBA edition of the Two Smart Dummies podcast. You guys know how we feel about the NBA, how we roll. Um, you know, baby, we're a day away, man. We are 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, but you already took a hit to it. Um, Zion Williams out six to eight weeks with um, his surgery. Man, I just knew it was gonna happen. I hate to say it, man. Dude, just too big, too heavy, too explosive. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to slim down, man. Yeah, he he's got to lose some weight. Um, you know, and of course now all of us are experts, but anything will tell you when you're putting that much weight on your knees, especially with how athletic you are, that's gonna that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be real yeah. tough to do. Well, I will say I believe we talked about this when we were talking about, you know, him doing the draft and him being a prospect that uh, he has an injury history. He already had two knee, two ACL injuries, I believe. Um, that's before he even got into the NBA. Yeah, in high school. Yeah. Yes. So now he had one in high school and he had one in college. So now you're talking about uh, playing 82 games. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, he didn't make it out of training camp. So 82 games to travel, the back-to-back games, the amount of games you play in a week. This isn't like college anymore, man. You're traveling across the country, the middle of the night. I mean, your body just doesn't get the amount of rest that it gets in college. Like sometimes in college you get whole weeks off. That's that's not the case in the NBA. Yeah, you know, and it sucks because TNT had their their opening night. You know, they, they've got their ring ceremony for the Toronto Raptors tomorrow. And really that first game is now kind of a dud. I mean, I, I actually think the Pelicans are going to be a fun team to watch this year. Um, of course, not having Zion really, you know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Zion out through the all-star break or through the, through the whole season, just to let him get his knee right. And, and, uh, and I, that, that might be extreme, but it wouldn't surprise me. But now you got that Toronto versus New Orleans matchup and that's not super exciting at this point. Um, but then the doubleheader is the Clippers and the, and the Lakers. So that'll be a fun one to watch, even though Paul George isn't going to play. Yeah, I mean, I still – I mean, of course, the headliner is, you know, Zion. Everybody wanted to see the number one pick, the Zion going against the defending champion. It was set up to be a great matchup. But, I mean, you still got a new look New Orleans Pelicans team. You still got Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, uh, Derek Favors. That's still going to be a fun team to watch. I'd be interested how they compete against Toronto, who lost Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they were a good team without Kawhi Leonard, but that's when they had DeMar DeRozan. We hadn't seen – this incarnation of the Toronto Raptors. They've had either Kawhi Leonard or DeRozan. Everyone's just assuming that they're not going to skip a beat, but they're missing a 25 to 30 point scorer on that team. And who's going to make up for it? That's yeah. going to be interesting. And, you know, I definitely like Pascal Siakam. I mean, and but let's not forget that they're missing Danny Green as well, which is, which, you know, may not seem like a massive deal, but Danny Green was, was part of the glue uh, for them last year. So, yeah, I'm curious to see where they go. I mean, everybody's a year older. This isn't exactly a young team. Um, you've got, you know, Mark Gasol, if he's going to play pivotal minutes for you, he's, you know, 34 years old. You've got Serge, who's 30. I mean, th- this isn't exactly a young team. Kyle Lowry's 33. 
Um, so I, it would, it wouldn't shock me if Toronto missed the playoffs, man. I really, I really don't like this team at all for the most part. I, I think that they'll be feisty, but I'm not sure that this is a, is a playoff team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that was the whole point of me bringing it up. Now, saying that they're not a playoff team, we still talk about they're in the East. So That's there is true. that. You know what I mean? True. I still think they'll be a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to be near the dominant force they were before because we know that Kyle Larry go through long shooting slumps. Um, oh, so yeah. Yakum, he's really good, but, but he can't shoot the ball. I mean, he got right. one move, driving real hard. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they got young cats like a uh, Fred Van Fleet, um, OG Ananobi, Ananobi, and Pal. They need one of those guys or two of those guys to really step up and uh, and take a lot of the pressure off of Kyle Larry, Serge Ibaka. Because without what how they're how they are designed now, you can just pack the paint and you can get them to real trouble. A zone might end their whole day. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, like like I said, you really need Siakam to take the next step. Even though he was good last year. You didn't really have to game plan for him unless, you know, it was days that uh, Kawhi, you know, was sitting out. But now we, we've got a year of Siakam, or I, I should say, you know, after his breakout season, after him winning most improved, you got a year to see what he does, what he likes to do. So I, I'm interested to see if he improved his game over the summer. Um, but Fred, Van Fleet, Fred Van Fleet is somebody to watch out for, too. Because he was really big during the finals, and you with this new NBA, you can play Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Larry together. He's a he's a nice he's a knockdown shooter. Yeah, um, curious to see what happens though, because I I you know the rumors are that Usai uh, Majiri has wanted to blow this team up for a while. So one of the, one of the things for me that I'd look out for is probably Kyle Lowry gets traded. Um, which would be hard to do because that contract is disgusting. But, you know, if you can – He only got one year left. Well, so it was interesting what they did because they signed him to an extension because he actually only had one year left coming into the season. But they signed him to a one-year extension, which on the surface looks like they want to keep him, but they actually just made him more enticing in a trade because you already have him locked up for another year instead of playing on it as a rental. So that one year, that one-and-a-half year of Kyle Larry. I mean, I take it. I mean, he, he has to have at least one and a half years on him. Where would you say he is? I mean, everybody likes to point to Miami for him or Chris Paul. I'm I'm not sure. I don't think Chris Paul gets traded. Um, yeah. That's I, a disgusting contract. Right. I, I'm not sure Chris Paul gets traded. I'm not sure he can be traded with that contract. Um, but, you know, my everyone points to Miami as a team that's, that's going to be looking for a point guard, and that may be the case. Um, but, uh, you know, you're a Miami guy. If, if if you look at Miami, do you really need a Kyle Lowry? Yes. Uh, one thing about Kyle Lowry is he opens up the game with shooting the ball. Um, that's one thing that is really lacking with Miami. I mean, they, they're experimenting with Justice Winslow at point guard. I mean, he, he had a career, a career year shooting the three-pointer, but he's by no means a knockdown three-point shooter. Goran Dragic, uh, he's a pure shooter, but – you know, he's, he's kind of on his last leg, man. Yeah, so Kyle, sure. Kyle Larry would be a great for a Miami team because you they got a lot of players that want to run. You know what I mean? There are a lot of players that can't get their own shot, that want to run. Jimmy Butler can get his own shot, but he's better off the ball. Justice Winslow's better off the ball. If you put a person like Kyle Larry in that system, and I think they should be targeting someone like Kyle Larry as opposed to Chris Paul. Because if you bring on Kyle Larry, then you give uh, – and you give Toronto some salary relief, 
then you only got off for two years, and that's what Miami's targeting that next recruit, that next uh, free agency, which is in two years. You can put together a competitive team with Kyle Larry, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Justice Winslow, those type of players, and only give up somebody like Deion Waiters and Kelly Olynyk on expiring contracts. You know what I mean? And Miami hates uh, Deion Waiters, and well, hell, everybody hates Deion Waiters except for Deion Waiters. <laughs> um, that is that is true. Speaking of teams like get out and run. Um, Let's talk about the, the the other team in this matchup tomorrow. I the Pelicans, as I said, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I like that they pick up Derek Favors. Um, I I love every bit of the trade that they got back for uh, for Anthony Davis. Um, it definitely sucks that uh, that Zion's out for a period of time, but I think you know this system is going to be great for uh, for Josh Hart. I think it's going to be great for Brandon Ingram. I think it's going to be great for Lonzo Ball. Um, those three three Lakers players really have a chance to to really showcase their skills in this in this system. Yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, Josh Hart gets a lot of game time. I mean, but I like everything that the uh, Pelicans did in the offseason. My favorite thing that they, I mean, the the trade that they made in the draft in order to get Jackson Hayes and. Uh, Nicholas Alexander Walker, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good chance. And I know I sound crazy, but it's a good chance that Zion may not be the best player in, this, in their draft class if he, if he continues to get injured. Because I really like Jackson Hayes, and I really like Nicholas Alexander Walker. If Nicholas Alexander Walker would have went to any other team, he probably would be starting as a freshman, I mean, as a rookie. That kid is really good, but they're just stacked at the guard position. But, I mean, drafting Nicholas Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, um, and then you also have Frank Jackson, who broke out last year. They're just loaded at the guard position. So I don't know what they're going to do because there's a long jam there, and they don't all have the size to be on the court at the same time. So that'll be interesting what they do. And you didn't mention J.J. Redick, who they brought in in free agency. So, yeah. um, who who's going to play minutes and who oh, he's going to he's going to start now? Yeah, absolutely. So you know that's that's just another logjam. And then, not to mention, what are you going to do with Drew Holiday? Do you start him at the one? Do you start him at the two? Um, and then bring Lonzo off the bench? Do you start Lonzo at the one? I mean, they they have a lot of. Uh, they have a lot of options here. Um, I think the starting lineup right now is Lonzo, J.J. Reddick, Drew Holiday, um, Brandon Ingram at the four, and Derek Favors, which is good just because um, Drew Holiday has shown he can guard anywhere from the one to the three. I mean, he was the one that was guarding Kevin Durant when they were playing in that Golden State series. So you can easily, you know, it's kind of positionless basketball, but because Drew Holiday can guard small forwards and Small forwards are getting smaller now in the NBA. It makes it a – and Lonzo Ball is what, 6'6"? Six, 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 yeah, four. like I think he's 6'6", six, six, yeah. He's yeah, so I mean, I mean, you literally can have J.J. Reddick, the smallest person on the court, guarding point guards. It won't be that way, but I don't think size would be a problem because even though Lonzo would probably be the point guard, he can guard twos and threes. Drew can guard twos and threes, and you can hide J.J. Reddick if needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, man. You want to talk about the East? You want to talk about the West? What do you uh, want to get start to? Out, let's start out with the meat, just in case they cut us off early. Let's go with the West, man. That's the most interesting conference. It is by far. Um, you know, from from a conference standpoint, it, it's hard to really break down who who the class this conference is going to be. And I'll tell you right now, um, put a gun to my head, 
I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Portland came out of the West. And I know that's, that, that's a crazy thing to say, but I really, really like their team. And I like that they just keep growing uh, with each other. I like that they kept that core together. I was kind of on the fence about it. If they can get uh, a, a resurgence from Hassan Whiteside, a motivated Hassan Whiteside, um, plus getting Nurkic back towards the end of the season – or when you're making that playoff run and maybe you get anything out of Powell. I mean, Powell's almost 40 years old, so, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get a ton, but if you, if you see Zach Collins make that next step um, uh, and, and this team starts to gel, man, this is a good team to watch. Mario Hazonia. Like I like a lot of the place, the, the, the players that they added in the off season. No, I think they're a good team. And Terry Stouts has proved to be a good coach after that one upset that they had. But other than that, man, they're, they're a really good team. The big problem is if, if, if with Hassan Whiteside. We've been saying if with Hassan Whiteside for years. I mean, I don't really know what motivates that kid. And to go along with it, I just don't know how healthy he is. He has one of those, like, knee tendonitis, reoccurring knee injuries. He's just not as springy, and he doesn't jump like he did when he first came in the league when he was hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the biggest problem. Without Nurkic, Nurkic did so much for them to make that a good team. And he, he handled the ball. He passed the ball well. Um, he blocked shots at the rim. He played defense. Like, I don't know if Hassan Whiteside can do all those things. That was part of the problem in Miami is his will- his unwillingness to play on the pick and roll. He wanted the ball too much. He took bad shots. So it's, it's a lot of ifs, ifs, ifs with Hassan Whiteside. But I do like Zach Collins, and I do like this team. I just would never pick them to win. Uh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I just don't think the West is that deep, man. For me, I, I look at I look at Portland, I look at Denver as teams that have been together long enough and who are going to get pieces that can help them go further than they did last year. I mean, you look at Denver, if they get what, what they were expecting out of Michael uh, Michael Porter Jr. or the third, wherever the hell he is, um, if they can get anything from him, they look good. Um, I, I, I like both of those teams. And for me, the issue with the top dogs, if you want to call the Lakers that, is the Lakers don't have the depth. The Lakers don't have the shooting. I like the Clippers when Paul George gets back. I like that a lot. But, I mean, I guess if you, ha- if, if you had to choose a favorite, would it be the Clippers? And I still I'm, – uh, I'm stubborn, man. I'm still leaning Utah, man. I love uh, Utah. I love everything Utah did this offseason, and that's a good thing. Yeah, pick. I mean – I know it's going to sound crazy to most. I mean, you got the flashy pick with the Clippers. I, I, I like the Clippers team. I think they're going to be super tough defensively. I love Lou, Wills, Will, Lou Williams coming off the bench. I just really – I have to see them, man. I don't know how that's going to work. I've been watching the Lakers. I like the Lakers a lot better with their length, but it is preseason. I've been real intense action, action, and I'm still not convinced Anthony Davis is going to stay healthy. He had a scare already, which he could have been out six to eight weeks. You take Anthony Davis out 15 to 16 games with Kuzma already out, and you're going you're gonna to see a bad Lakers team, a really, really bad Lakers team with no depth. I think that's one of the things going to hurt the Lakers. But I'm, they're starting to grow on me a little bit more, just looking at how it's going to be hard to defend those dudes, man. They're big. That's a big, big lineup. And even when you try to uh, shut down the paint, with LeBron James kind of just bodying his way in there and throwing it up to those big dudes like Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, they're going to be a matchup problem. Um, still misses some outside shooting. I, I also think people are sleeping on this Houston team, man. Westbrook and Harden, I mean, they really just substituted Chris Paul with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the only change they made, and they've been a game, a game or two away from beating Golden State the last two years. 
So you give me Westbrook instead of Chris Paul. I know Chris Paul is a little bit better shooter. I mean, I don't see why Houston can't win the West this year. I mean, with Westbrook and Harden, they're still hard to defend. You ISO Westbrook or ISO Chris Paul, I'm I'm terrified of Westbrook. You know, <laughs> I don't know about Chris Paul. I want to go back to Utah for a second because not enough gets talked about about what they added to their team. Yes, they lost Derek Favors, yeah. uh, but to add uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, to add Mike Conley, and what I think was a really good pickup for someone that can come off the bench and Ed Davis, who's going to block shots and get you rebounds and get you those tough points or, or you know, do that, do that dirty work. I uh, like Jeff it. Green too. And, and adding Jeff Green, you know, for whatever you're going to get from Jeff Green from time to time that you talk about someone who you don't know what you're getting anything out of, but Jeff Green is another one. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that this team quietly, quietly is going to has put together a really really good roster they all their holes on on their from a starting standpoint were closed when they got Mike Conley because that's exactly what can make Donovan Mitchell better someone who can handle the ball someone who can take um, big shots create his own shot and facilitate the ball who doesn't even really need the ball to be effective I love Mike Conley I, I love the addition of that team that's a perfect team for him to go to because it's it's very similar to those Grizzlies teams if not better uh from when they were in the grid and grind era and he can Mike Conley can play on the ball Mike Conley can play off the ball Mike Conley if you think about the amount of offense that he accounted for with Memphis which is him and Mark Gasol and now he's on a loaded team with Rudy Gobert who can demand all kinds of attention around the rim because all you got to do is get close and he'll dunk it in and they're just so versatile I mean they can come they can come at you in waves. I mean, with a lineup, they're starting right now. Mike Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, who Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, who's another up-and-coming player but really versatile, and Gobert. That means that they want to play fi- They want to play fast, real yeah. fast. They want to run. They want to go. And they have the shot blocking, the uh, shot blocking in the paint. And they have the defenders on the outside to really lock you down and give every team trouble. And once they get that rebound and they kick it out, all four of those guards and forwards can handle the ball. Then yep. off the bench, you Joe bring Ingles. in Joe Ingles. Yep. You know what I mean? Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, Jeff Green. Yep. Ed Davis. They even got Tony Bradley, who looks real good in the preseason. I mean, this is a very, very deep team. And I don't think people realize how good this team is going to be. And it's if the team you, that won 50 games last year. If you get anything out of Emmanuel Moutier, that's house money. So and uh, he was really good last year with the Knicks. Like yep. really good with the Knicks. He was closing out games, hitting game winners, controlling the game. He actually looked like he grew into the pure point guard that people thought he was. And you're going to be bringing him in to back up. That's what I'm saying. They come at you in waves. They have so much versatility with Moutier being what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, mm-hmm. at a point guard? And that can really handle the ball, shoot the mid-range. This is a different team. I really think Utah can win the West. Every other team is flashy, but with the depth, this is a complete balanced team. I don't see any holes in this team. That's the problem. The only hole I can see is they don't have anybody that can really stand back to the basket and do post moves. Yeah, that's not Gobert's game. Uh, you know, so, and if they're, they can make a trade, um, there's some players to be had out there for them to, to address that, man, getting to Houston. I just don't love this Houston team. I I mean, you know, I, 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 of course, Westbrook is an upgrade over Chris Paul in a lot of regards In some regards, he's a downgrade, but you know, a full season of Austin rivers, I don't love, you know, 
I look at their team. They're getting older. You know, a key. This, this is Austin's second full season, though. Is it? Yeah, he came in half a season, like the year before, and last year was his first full season with. Yeah, I just, I, I still just do not love this team. Because uh, you know they got a bunch of unlikable players, you know. But for it. three years, three years they've been good. But taking Chris Paul out and then adding Westbrook, they just have so many unlikable players. Like Harden, he's great. But he travels and he annoys everybody. His style of play is annoying. Westbrook has always been a polarizing figure that people don't like. People hate Austin Rivers. Nobody cares about Clint Capella. You know, they just have a bunch of players that nobody likes. But if you just look at it on paper, the last three years, the only thing that was stopping them from getting to the finals was Golden State. And they arguably upgraded one of their best, one of their pit positions. They upgraded. And last year, they didn't even have Chris Paul for like 30 games because he got hurt. Now, in that spot, you're putting Russell Westbrook with James Harden in that ISO ball. But I got to see I, – I have to see the fit of that, right? Like, because – Same thing they said when Chris Paul was there. Now, no doubt. But he, Chris Paul has never been Russell Westbrook. And I mean that from an athletic standpoint because I think Chris Paul's, Paul has been a better overall player for a career um, than Russ. But I, I just – because we know that Russ is one of those dudes who is – he's motivated by those numbers. And we know that James Harden, does, if he's not involved in the play, he goes and stands in the corner and pouts. And it's kind of the same thing with Russell Westbrook. Those are two very similar ball-dominant players. And Chris Paul was ball-dominant, but it's, this is a different level. Because Chris Paul – one thing about Westbrook is he's used to playing with another ball-dominant player, and he had success playing. He didn't start really hitting those triple-doubles consistently until Kevin Durant left. But he worked very well with Kevin Durant. He, he shared the ball very, very well. He, he, can, he can work in that environment, and they've won in that. He's won in that environment. So I, one thing I can say is that, that narrative has really came stat-chasing since Kevin Durant left. But That's even fair. Before, even before Kevin Durant, he was he's he's more than willing to take a back seat and try to win. I believe I fully believe that Russell Westbrook is about winning and getting triple doubles. Just like people used to say with Iverson, I thought that was the best thing that he can do to for his team to win with the team they had. Now this team is different. I think he's more he's he's still going to get triple doubles. With everybody, I hope everybody knows that. Yeah, the triple no doubles are going to be way easier in Houston because they just have so many possessions. And his rebounding is probably going to be better than his assists. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 12 to 13 rebounds a game. So let's jump around a little bit. What do you make of the Denver Nuggets? Um, number two team in the East, or excuse me, in the West last year, um, really took a step forward. Mike Malone, a fantastic coach. Um, that's without playing with their number one pick uh, for most of the season. They add Bowl Bowl, they add you know, that pick back in, um, hell, what's the boy's name? I just said it and I forgot it already. Uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Yep. Uh, And then, yeah, so they've added a couple pieces, but really nothing in free agency. Um, Do you think that they can make the jump again this year? I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be more of the same. They've been like that the past two years, but I think it's the same problem they've been had. They're missing a killer. They need somebody to step up. I, everyone, everyone's been waiting for Jamal Murray to take the next step and become so that point guard. Yeah, but everybody's been waiting for him to turn into Damian Lillard or a consistent point guard because he's, he's the killer that they need to take the shots when that offense bogs down. Because Jokic's the best player on that team, but he doesn't want to shoot half the time. 
and it bogs the whole offense down. Gary Harris is a really good player, but he's just a really good player. You know, what I, mean? I, they I don't, think I think we've seen the ceiling of of Gary Harris. Like I I don't I I can't see a scenario where he makes an even bigger jump. I think the player that Gary Harris is right now is who Gary Harris is, which yeah, is a good player and a good yeah. defender, but not someone that you're going to consistently count on from an offensive standpoint night to night. He's looking at he's like a Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, Danny yep. Green glue guy. Yep. I mean, he can he maybe can score a little bit more than those guys, but he's not going to be much better. A classic you know I mean? Michigan State dude. Exactly. <laughs> yep. But they need they need a Michael Porter Jr. They need someone where I can say, "Hey, go get me a bucket." Like I'm going to give you the ball. Go get me a bucket. That's what they're missing. The the playoffs is. I mean, the regular season they don't have any trouble, but when they get to the playoffs. They don't have a guy where I can just hand them the ball. Now, Jamal Murray did well in a couple of those games against Portland, but as you saw, he can't consistently do it. And that's well, what they really need. The problem with Michael Porter Jr. is he's made of glass. And I didn't realize this, but his whole family is made of glass. They, they all had to retire in college because of injuries. And they really? come to find out that they're like all raw vegans or something like that, and that contributes uh, to injuries, which – Veganism is great, but we've seen a, a, a track record for athletes when they get hurt and they're vegans that they don't recover the same, which which I th- I found fascinating. Like you you go back and you look at uh, I think Arian Foster was one. As soon as he switched to veganism, he got hurt. Career was never the same. Um, I don't it's remember also who the else. injury that they, it's also the injuries that they get also right, but you just don't recover. And being a raw vegan is even like that. That's all raw fruits and vegetables. I mean, that's even crazier. So if that's the case, I don't expect shit out of him. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, we'll and see. He, I mean, I know, I know this is his first season and what like two seasons playing, mm-hmm. but in the preseason, he looked. He's a pure shooter, but he looks very, very timid, man. Uh, he as big as he is, I guess I hadn't re- never really seen him play. Because as big as he is, he's not as aggressive. I mean, he's injury prone, so I don't know how well he moves. But he just didn't look that aggressive to me. He's it, it fits, 10, lanky. Um, it, it fits the Denver mold, though. Everything that we're saying about Denver, he's the Denver player. Yeah. I mean, he, he shoots good. He plays well, settles for jump shots, plays pure basketball. But they have no killers on the team. They need somebody to just say, hey. now, Will Barton, I will say two years ago, Will Barton was that killer. Injury he got hurt last year, yep. Yeah. He got hurt. If he, if Will Barton can return to form, I think he can be the difference maker on that team because he is the guy that can break the defense down, ISO, and go get a bucket when they need a bucket. But he looked like a shell of himself last year. So let's get to some of the bottom teams who who look like that they can be a ton of fun, right? You've got your mid the, – the West, I would say you got six to seven locks for the playoffs. Everything after that between seven and – 13 could probably get there. Um, but before we before we dive into that, what do you make of the Golden State Warriors? Because I was high on them, but I've been watching them. And man, they look small. And and that's without Willie Colley-Stein and Kevin Looney in the offseason. But that perimeter defense is shaky, and they don't have any rim protection. They really need Looney or Colley-Stein. Yeah, and the, the problem with them is again. But when you're when you're going for when you're going for rings five years in a row, um, you just focus on getting that championship. But as I said last year, and you look at the team this year, they have no depth. I mean, it, and it's going to be an issue with Clay being out. Um, and I, I actually really do like the addition of um, 
of D'Angelo Russell, and people think that they just got him so that they can trade him. I don't think that's the case. I think he fits their, what they do perfectly. I like the addition of Glenn Robinson. Um, but other than that, you're, you're looking at a team, like maybe you get something out of Marquise Chris, but I doubt it. Um, you know, I, I, actually, I actually really like what they did with the rebuild, and it's, it's taking a step back to take a step forward. So and for at first, I was like, man, this team could contend. I'm not so sure this team is going to contend this year. No, but I think but, they'll make the playoffs. I do think yeah, that. But, but I love what they did. This is kind of Greg Popovich, San Antonio Spurs, in gaming. Like, they've added all these players that, I mean, they added some draft picks that look good and talented, like Jordan Poole looks good, then yep. D'Angelo Russell. Then you go get Marquise Chris and uh, Glenn Robinson Jr. And you're, But you put them in this season with lower expectations, right? But they're, they're right in the fire. But they're going to grow. You know what I mean? They're going to grow. And they're going to get better throughout the season because Steve Kerr is a good coach. And even whatever they do this year, even if it's a 7C, 6C, Next year, I believe this team is going to be a problem because those teams are going. To, those, those players are going to grow. Adding a Omari, a Omar Spellman, he's a second-year guy that's really talented in the in the shape of a Draymond Green, but he's actually seven foot. He shoot threes, block shots. He just has trouble with weight. Um, they have uh, um, Jason. I mean, Jordan Poole looks really good. He looks like a Clay Thompson knockoff. D'Angelo Russell is D'Angelo Russell. I like Alec Burks. I got, I like that signing too. I mean. I, I think I, they can give some teams some trouble and be good next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I for this year, I, I don't see it. I think that they'll be a six, seven seed. I, I mean, Steph Curry would have to go to another a complete. Where does Steph Curry rank all time? Do you top, 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 just top all time? Where, where is he at? Yeah, it's hard. I haven't really sat down and thought about it yet. Uh, he's definitely top fifteen. You, I know he's. I, he's. For sure, 1,000% top 25. And I, right now, off the top of my head, yeah, I, I mean, I would put him top top 15. I mean, he's there. He's top 20. I got him top, I got, I got him top 15, man. I got him top 15. Uh, there's certain big men that I put in there, but with the speed and how the game goes and being one of the greatest shooters of all time, he has to leap some of the players that I had in there before. Like, I mean, I don't know. If I really sit down and think about it, I, I like him better than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I don't know if people agree, but I like him better than Larry Johnson. I like him better than Magic – I mean, Larry Bird. I like him better than Magic Johnson. First uh, of all, okay, I, I, let me stop you with the disrespect because you can call the man Larry Johnson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Grandma Ma. You ain't going to disrespect Magic or Grandma Ma like that, all right? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think because – yeah, he's definitely in my top 15, but he might be surprising where I got him because, I mean, I'm just thinking with his resume, what he's done, he's already made a case. He's already a certified Hall of Famer. He oh, has, yeah. Yeah, if he never plays again, he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, only two, thing he, two MVPs. Yeah, he's only missing a, a a finals MVP. That's it. And you could argue that he could have got any one of those. Uh, well. Yeah. Not that second one, but he, the but the first one, the last one, you could argue he could he could have got any of those. But yeah, I just I, I agree. I think Steph is. I mean, I, I'm I love what he, I'm I'm I can't wait to see what he does this year. Um, if he returns to that MVP level, if he has a great season, I mean, I, you know, this team is going to be hard to predict. Um, um, I mean, he's he's looking good in the off season. The, the biggest concern that I have is that perimeter defense and the shot blocking, but. 
very well. If they switch their style and start running what Houston does, that, that team's going to be a problem, and they can contend too. Because when you start isolating and pick and roll with kids like Marquise Chris and uh, Willie Colley-Stein, that's a lot different team, even with uh, Kevin Looney. So they're built a lot like Houston, and there's no reason why they couldn't mimic that. And if they do, we've seen with that type of – what that type of offense can do in the West. So I don't want to completely count them out. I just want to see how that defense looks with Willie Colley-Stein and Kevin Looney because that old offense doesn't work as well. But when they just started running pick and rolls with Curry and D'Angelo Russell, it, it can be just as tough. First of all, I just want to say, Marquise Chris, I'm a wait and see. I it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if he got zero minutes. I, I've watched this fool for – close to five years now, and I just don't think he's any good. I think he's a really good athlete, um, but I don't think he's an NBA basketball player. I think he's – because he's got no fundamentals. And and Draymond Green brought up a good point, right? Like, he's been in some shit organizations. That's what I was about to – that was going to be no, my point. He's been in one and bad organization. He's been in one bad organization. He was with Houston last year, and maybe one year is not enough, but a great coach might get He was with Tony. Houston a half of year – in which you're either Mike D'Antoni's guy or you're, or you're not. not. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. He's not going to waste time with you. He has a system. He knows what he wants to do. You either fit it or you do not. We'll see. We'll see what becomes of that. Um, I've, I've liked what I've seen from him in the offseason, especially with the offense. I think they're going to run. It's going to really benefit Willie Colley Stein and Marquise Chris. If Willie Colley Stein is in there as the starter, then that means Marquise Chris might be getting a lot of time in there with D'Angelo Russell and pick and rolls. And D'Angelo Russell can make a lot of big men look good, especially high flyers like uh, Marquise Chris, because it's a Clint Capella situation. Just throw that shit at the rim. So we've uh, we talked about the Pelicans already. I, and, uh, again, I don't think the Pelicans are a playoff team. Um, but if healthy, I think they'll be fun to watch. Um, the Sacramento Kings are kind of in that boat for me. I think they're a fringe playoff team. Um, a lot of the teams in the West – are going to be fun to watch, even if they're not good. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be very fun to watch, and that may be a little biased, but go ahead, Mavericks. go ahead and sign me up for Ja for Rookie of the Year now that Zion's hurt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks, I think, are going to be fun to watch. Um, the only team that I'm not the, – there's two teams I'm not sure what to do with. Really three. Three teams. I don't know what to do with the Timberwolves. I don't know what to do with the Thunder. And I don't know what to do with the Spurs. Everyone else – will kind of be fighting for that that playoffs or be a fun league pass team to watch um, with e- even the Suns. Like, the Suns have a lot of young talent. They'll at least be a fun league pass team. I'm not sure they'll be any good, but I think that they'll be, they'll be interesting to watch. I don't want to watch the San Antonio Spurs, I, and I'm not even sure the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. I like the, the Thunder as far as the young talent that they have. I love everything that they got for Paul George. Not really a team I want to watch. In Minnesota, I like Cat. I like Teague when he's healthy. I don't like anything else about that team, though. But I, I do like that they're giving uh, – uh, what's – Ryan Saunders, is that the coach's name? Yeah, yeah. Young coach, new system. So it'll be interesting to see how that's, that changes from a, a full season of Tibbs, you know, instead of a half season of an interim <laughs> coach. I mean, I mean, I'm interested to see what he does with that team. Well, I will say – with the Thunder, I know what to do with them. Throw them in the garbage. They're they're in full rebuild mode. They ain't doing shit this year. I don't care if they got Chris Paul or not. I mean, they're going to upset some teams, but that is not – man, if you starting Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, and Shy, I like Shy, and I like – nah. 
Uh, I like I, I love Shy Gilders Alexander. I, I like him a lot for the future. But yeah, I, I like Danilo Gallinari. Like I like their pieces, it, but I'm basically these pieces don't fit, man. It's like a bunch I'm, of odd pieces in a puzzle. <laughs> we're looking at the Clippers minus, you know, Blake Griffin, I guess. Uh, you know, and DeAndre Jordan. So Yeah, yeah but they they're not gonna be coached like the Clippers. This is the pieces do not fit, trust me. They're not gonna be a fun team. They're to gonna watch. be the they're gonna be sparing them out for parts here soon. I think the Spurs, they've peaked. I don't think they make the playoffs. Uh, I know Pop, all everyone just has total faith in Pop, but I don't think the addition of DeJounte Murray and Damari Carroll is going to give them anything by leaps and bounds into the playoffs. Because you got teams, like we said, like the Dallas Mavericks and Sacramento uh, that are just, I think, that are better teams. Uh, even the Lakers. It's just too deep for a team like the Spurs with no true star power. LaMarcus Aldridge is good, but he's never been able to carry his team over the hump like he should. DeRozan. Well, he's 35 years old now. DeRozan's 31, 32. I mean, yeah, this, this just, team that's stuck in the mud. Yeah, I just I just don't like the team. Now, hey, Pop could prove me wrong, but I don't think that's a playoff team. I think and it's I, always going to be a tough matchup, but not a playoff team. And I, I like DeJounte Murray a lot. Um, I, I like him a lot. I like their guard situation. I just, yeah, I mean, for me – as much as I like him, I don't. He's not a, a difference maker that's going to get you, you know, that ten to fifteen wins that you need from from that position every every season. Um, what did, what did, uh, the kid from In Too Deep say to Jay Reed? You can't shoot. What? <laughs> <laughs> can't shoot. Dude, can't shoot, man. You can't shoot. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like boys that can't shoot, man. <laughs> just not a recipe for success. But I think I think that Sacramento team, man, the addition they. They do what most teams don't do in all season. Most teams go out and they look for that splashy signing to reach. They went and got all core pieces. Yep. And that's something that slept on. They went and got core veteran pieces because they've been about 10 games from making the playoffs. They go out there, they re-sign Harrison Barnes, who I think played really well for him. He's a really nice goo please. Whatever you say about Harrison Barnes, he's not built to be the man. But he does. A, he's a. He, he can play the three. He can play the four. He's versatile. He can defend. He can shoot. He can score. Like he does a lot for a team. So I think they got him at a good, really good deal in a spot where he's really comfortable in that system. Then you go and add a Dwayne Deadman, who he he was stuck in Atlanta last year, but did some really good things. He's a walking double double that shoots about thirty five to forty percent from the three point line. So he's a true pick and pop big that can rebound. He's a. He's a vast upgrade from Willie Colley-Stein, who was very yep. limited and clogged the lane. But having played players like Buddy Hill and Bogdanovich and Bogdanovich's brother, not the one in Utah, <laughs> but the other, was it Bogdan Bogdanovich and not Bojan? Yep, <laughs> Bogdan. Yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been on the cusp. But the one thing about Colley-Stein and who's that other old big man they used to have all the time, the white guy? Uh, the backup. Oh, B- Belicia? Nah, not him, but whoever. They just had a bunch of bigs that clogged the lane. Now having uh, – oh, I don't know who you're talking about, too. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. Hmm. Now having a, a, a consistent big man who can actually knock down that quarter three, because he's consistent. He shoots about 38% from the three-point line. That's going to really open the lane up for De'Arian Fox, Bogdanovich, and Buddy Hill. Um, now, Harrison Barnes. You did add an extra letter to De'Aaron Fox's name. Uh, there was an I in there. So De'Aaron is not his name. That's fine. You're learning. De'Aaron. That's, that's going to be his name until he quit turning the ball over and he can shoot over 40%. <laughs> like, he don't get that respect yet. I'm but not going to focus on saying his name right. They have, they added Trevor Reza, who doesn't get talked about enough as well, who can who can come in and, and help from that wing spot. 
He's washed. He he's very washed, but that veteran presence <laughs> that veteran presence is exactly what you need on that team. So I mean, you don't expect big minutes out of, out of him, but someone who can come in and kind of mentor some of these young guys, I think that's a perfect fit for them. And Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley should be ready to take that leap. Very versatile. And that's another thing with Deadman, man. Deadman opens the lane up for these young kids to work. You don't have a center just sitting there clogging the lane. So I can't wait to see them with a new offense. I was gonna uh, I was they, gonna say with Luke Walton coming in and really opening that up. I and I like Dave. Your Yeager. boy's like he's like Dibbs though. <laughs> yep, but he this is but he's that Lionel Hollins, that 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 Tom Thibodeau. That, I mean that 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 offense just does that well that playing style just does not work in today's NBA too too much speed too many guys that can shoot and if you're going to try and slow the game down do that grit and grind without mixing it in a little bit like someone who does it well like a Utah like a a, a Brooklyn like those teams mix those very well and Sacramento did not last year under under Dave Yeager yeah, Jaeger came in and signed Zach Randolph, that other big man that we were talking about. He I mean, just signed a bitch of old. A tragedy. Dude, yeah. Uh, Bear Linka or whatever. Yep. <laughs> he signed a, a bunch of dudes as opposed to Luke Walton coming in with the new NBA signing Trevor Reza, uh, Dwayne Deadman, Harrison Barnes, you know what I'm saying? More flexible, versatile, faster defenders, people that can switch on everything, guard every like. That's what I like. I think people are really sleeping on Sacramento. I think you're going to see Sacramento make a jump. It's not going to be a championship contending jump, but it's going to be out of the playoff to a seven, six or seven seed. And that's where it gets shaky because if Sacramento jumps in there, all teams can't make it. You got Sacramento in the mix. You got Christos Persingas and uh, Luka Doncic together. Like, it's going to get really competitive at that bottom half. So, all right, before we move to the East – if I if I had to if I had to do my locks for the playoffs, and I can only really get to about five or six, right? I think both LA teams get are, are a lock to make the playoffs. I think uh, Portland and Denver are locks to make the playoffs. Um, and I think Utah's a lock to make the playoffs. So that that's that's your five teams that, in my opinion, are and Houston. So there's six. Um, everyone else after that, you could. I, I'm not sure. I I think Golden State makes the playoff. It wouldn't shock me if they missed the playoffs. Um, you know, I think that you can get Sacramento in. I, I think that, you know, Minnesota could – we'll see. But that, that last half, I mean, you, you really don't know what to do with any of those guys. The ones I know aren't going to make it, I don't think the Suns make the playoffs. I don't think the Grizzlies make the playoffs. OKC, they they, they might be that, that, no. that weird ninth, no, they're not. ninth seed. Uh, I don't know, man. I, they're tough to be a bad team, bro. No, I think so. Not, they're gonna be but bad. it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> shock me if they were hanging around until the last bit of the season. The Pelicans kind of in that same boat, um, you know. So it, it, it gets real iffy because the wild card is gonna be how good is Golden State. No one really knows how good Golden State's gonna be until they touch the until they touch the court. And if they, like I said, I believe that if they play like Houston, they're gonna be good enough to be a lock. And if they're a lock, and you just name six locks. Then that's seven teams. That's that's the rest of these teams that we just named are gonna fighting be fighting for one, for one playoff spot. Yep. And even the Lakers, if that's if that's the case, and Golden State is what I think they are and not what you think they are, then it gets real shaky for a team like the Lakers, not because they're not talented, but because they're coming into the season already banged up. They're already missing Kyle Kuzma, they already have holes, and if Anthony Davis 
or LeBron James suffer any type of injury at the top half of the season, it's, it's going to be a dog fight. They over. can't miss – yeah, they can't miss 15 games, man, because like we're saying, we got two or three spots realistically. And, and with that, you still have the fact that there's no easy games. Every place you play in the West – is going to be a problem night in and night out. I make fun of Memphis, but if you go into Memphis with those young players that don't know any better, that don't care, they're going to be a tough – yeah, they're going to be a tough place to play. There's no nights off. And then with that, because they don't have depth, I'm talking about the Lakers, because they don't have depth, you can't rest LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're going to have to play hard 82 nights. There's no coasting. I think that's the one thing that people miss about when LeBron was with Cleveland. When LeBron was with Cleveland, he had games where he could literally kind of coast and not play his hardest and still get his stats. It's not like that in the West. And I think that's one of the reasons why he had one of his first major muscle injuries in the West last year. He had because to exert you, himself. Yeah, you have to exert that injury. LeBron is getting older. He is not superhuman. And the one thing that showed me that was two years ago, I don't know if you remember when he played the Pacers, and it was game seven. And he, he came in like, oh, I'm going to do the LeBron thing. Now, this was two years ago. I'm going to do the LeBron thing. I'm going to play the whole game. You can't get me out. Second quarter, hey, get me out. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't even a blowout. It was still close. But, now nah, I need to take a rest. That was two years ago. Now put him in the West where almost every night is similar to a playoff environment. Like you said, I go to Minnesota. That used to be an easy matchup. Shit, now I'm going against Cat, Andrew Wiggins, Jeff T. I go to uh I go to uh um uh what is it Phoenix, they're bones. I gotta play against Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio and yeah, Kelly Oubre. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna. It's just it's real quick, crazy. Before we move on to the East, I do want to touch on the Suns real quick because I actually like this young team. I think Ricky Rubio is exactly what they needed. Um, now of course Ricky Rubio. I mean, he's a liability on the offensive side from a from a scoring standpoint, purely a shooting standpoint. But overall, if if he's, who the hell he's never been on a team though with this many shooters, who the hell is coaching them right now? Monty Williams. Oh, see, so I like I, I don't know what to make of them because I do like I love Kelly Oubre uh, on this team. Obviously, you know Devin Booker. He's a liability on 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 uh, defense, but I, and I he, he tries, he tries. Them. Personally, I think Devin Booker's a little bit overrated in terms of if he's your best player on the team, I think you're in trouble. Um, I think he's a great number two, but that dude can come out and shoot it and score with the best of them. I really like the addition of, and I know this is going to get laughed at, but for me, I like the addition of Frank Kaminsky. Um, Nothing that they did from an offensive standpoint in Charlotte was good, but he was still decent. And I think that this is a good system for him, an open system that will allow them to get out and run. We'll see what what Aiton does in his second year. Um, Same thing with Michael Bridges. I really like this young team, man. I I like it a lot. First time you fucked up a name. It's Mike McCall or some shit like that. Uh, Is it it (laughs) McCall? Yeah, it's like M-I-K-A-L, some weird shit like that. Other, But I, I agree, and that's kind of my point about the West. I mean, if we're saying these teams are locks, then you got like four or five teams that still are, are nightmares to go against. Like you just named, you just added a new coach that actually knows what he's doing. He's been a long-time assistant coach. He's had some head coach experience. But they revamped this team because they had a bunch of pieces that did not match together. You go out and you take T.J. Warren out, and you add Dario Sarri. 
who's been very good when people know how to use him. Yep. Now this team, you have Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, um, Dario Sark, and DeAndre Ayton. That is a really, really good starting lineup if they can match together. Then off the bench, I mean, this, this is a really, really good starting five. I don't know what they're going to look like because it's all about coaching and scheme, but I don't see any reason why this team should not be good. They're versatile. They, they defend. You can always put in Bridges, who last year defended every team's best player. They have a lot of depth. You, had, you just said they added uh, Kaminsky. Uh, I think Ty Jerome for Virginia is going to be really good. I think he's going to be like that. My, my, um, Brogdon. Tyler Johnson, be- who coming in just shooting the ball. I mean, I, 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 don't- I ain't fucking no. Nah, take him out. <laughs> from, from, a, from, a, from a bench standpoint, that's not a bad player to bring off the bench. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were trying to start him at point guard, but you're right, man. I like. No. Yeah, Cameron Johnson. I, I'm not really sold on him as an NBA player. Yeah, I'm with you um, on that. I, I do like if they just bring him off the bench and run him in some shooting sets, he should be good. But I mean, I, I like this Phoenix scene team. It's just hard for me to go out and be like, "Hey, Phoenix is gonna be good this year." No, no, they've no, been no. trash for so long. Yeah, I got. They're, they're definitely game. dangerous. Yep. All right, let's jump over to these, man. Um, Talk about a conference that I don't really know what to make of. <laughs> we we got to six locks for the for the uh, West playoffs, and then we named, uh, you know, I got I got one lock for the East. Yeah, you know what I mean. I have no <laughs> idea what to say about the East right now, other than Milwaukee Bucks are going to be a very good team. Okay, uh, I forgot two locks, but Philly, and, Philadelphia, Philly and Milwaukee. Yep, Philadelphia. Those those are two teams that are that that are head and shoulders above everyone else, and then right below them, you're you're going to have Boston. Um, who I, mm. I, I, li- I like this Boston team. I, I think, you I, get, I think you get 90% uh, offensively. Well, hell Kyrie didn't play defense, but I think you get 90, 85, 90%. You replace what you got from Kyrie with Kemba. And it seems like, you know, a team, wh- what people don't realize from a basketball standpoint is if you don't like one motherfucker that can yeah. set up the, that can, that can throw off the entire, you know what I mean? Like the entire season. And, and it was evident there was tension between Ky- – nobody liked Kyrie. Kyrie didn't like them. It was a bad fit, and everyone seemed to like Kemba. Um, if Jason Tatum can can kind of go back to where he was, before, uh, the trajectory that he was on before last season, um, I like the, j- the jump Jalen Brown made. I mean, I think he got massively overpaid, but, you know, go get that money. Um, Four years, $115 million extension. That, that's a lot. That's a lot, Jalen Brown. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I, I think another year of Gordon Hayward being healthy um, – you know, I, I like this Boston team. I don't think it's a championship team. I think they probably win 45, 50, ah, 45 games. 40, yeah, not 50, 45 games. And I think that they'll be messing around with the fourth, fifth seed. But the East is so bad. You got the two top teams. Indiana will be in the mix maybe if Oladipo comes back. Um, other than that, the East stinks. I mean, I really I have mean, no I, idea what to say. Yeah, I mean, they're, Boston's going to make the playoffs. It's For sure. Really stinks. For sure. I mean, they'll probably be around what they were last year, four or five seed, something like that. I mean, but I hate this team. I hate the way this team is built. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you with the Kyrie thing. Um, Kemba, if not better, he's just as good. He he should be a better fit for the system because he's more coachable. He plays more college style than that iso ball. Kyrie shoot it up 19 times. He doesn't really do that. Kimba is a is a system player. He likes to play within the system. He likes to get other people involved. 
I think he's going to be better than he was in Charlotte because he didn't have shit around. Him. Well, you can't uh, help I, but be better than that. I mean. Yeah, so, so I like Kimba, the addition of Kimba, but we're also leaving out the fact that they they lost Al Horford. They lost um, Al Horford, and they also lost uh, – man, who was the big man, the white kid? Aaron Baines, who is also Aaron in Phoenix, Baines. by the way. Yeah, he's also in Phoenix, you know, one of those glue guys, man. You lose Baines, so now they just have that spot. They brought in Ennis Canner, but everybody knows Ennis Canner can't guard shit. Nope. So as far as a rim protector, you can't play that press-up defense that they like to play with Marcus Smart and um, Jalen Brown and really getting on, putting that pressure on there without a shot blocker. So now you have to make the decision, do you want to have a shot blocker in that can't score uh, with in a Robert Williams or a Theus? Or do you want to have a scorer in there with the Ennis Cannon? Right now, the right now, Brad, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is trying to decide who he wants to start because it's just that that thing that you're thinking of. Do I want my offense? Do I want Cannon to come off the bench? But I really need a shot blocker with the people that I'm starting because I want to play this type of defense. I don't like the scoring on this team outside of Campbell Walker who can get hot. Jalen Brown still settles for outside shots. I hadn't shown. I hadn't seen him really decide that he's going to take it to the basket. Jason Tatum is probably – I don't want to call him overrated because I think he's a really good player, but what people think that he's supposed to be, I don't think he's that. I, I just don't like this team, and I don't think this team is going to be as good as everyone thinks they are. I Well, I think that this is going to really – I think this goes back to where Brad Stevens was, right? Like, Brad Stevens isn't a coach that's going to – he's not fit for a, for a diva superstar. That That's not who he is. If he can collect the talent – the Marcus Smarts of the world, the, you know what I mean? Like those guys to play together. And again, I think another year of Gordon Hayward being healthy, I re- people sleep on I'll, Gordon I'll Hayward. Give that, you that is good. I'll, I'll give you that. If, they, if Gordon Hayward is if Gordon Hayward is healthy, that changes the whole dynamic yeah. of this team. And I, now I, I you 100% agree. You were you run that offense through Gordon Hayward maybe doing like a point forward situation and letting him control things and kind of seeing how things work, you know, and, and I, I think that that is going to be the key. I think this team goes as Gordon Hayward goes. Um, you know, yeah, Kemba, Kemba and Gordon, uh, Kemba and a healthy Gordon Hayward changes my whole perspective about this team. Correct. I don't know that Gordon Hayward is healthy. And that's fair. And but you know, we saw with Paul George after this devastating injury, it took him two years to get back. Gordon Hayward had his moments last year. He was very inconsistent. You could tell he was hesitant to you know drive to the basket if there was someone around his legs. You know, that's normal shit. And now that, that he's back into it, I think people forget how good of a player Gordon Hayward was in Utah before and, he got hurt. And he was playing out in the West. And he yeah. was playing elite competition yeah. every night. This wasn't like an East Coast player. Like he was supposed to be coming to a softer contra- uh, conference where he could actually dominate, become a consistent all-star before his injury. So I'm, I'm with you. If Gordon Hayward is healthy, it changes the whole dynamic of the team because that means that, you 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 make and start, but you don't have the offensive issues that I think that you're gonna have with the starting unit. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it changes it. But as of right now, before I know if Gordon Hayward is healthy, I like the Pacers a hundred times better than I like the Celtics right now. The way they're shaped, with or without Oladipo. When Oladipo comes back in a month or two, I think this team is going because right now they added Jeremy Lamb and they added TJ Warren. The, the scoring that they were missing last year, they added two pure scores. Jeremy Lamb is not as good as Oladipo, but he can make up for a lot of things that they were missing last year with Oladipo being gone. So well, they got TJ Warren for free, damn near. So I I, I like basically, that pickup. They pay, they they paid uh, Sabonis, who I you know you and I are both high on Sabonis um, yeah. if they give him the minutes. Um, I I do like. 
Uh, and they I, got Malcolm. They got Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm yeah. Brogdon was a really good player in Milwaukee. Um, he's a he's a lockdown defender. He fits the style, so they can go across the board, locking down defensively. They they have a really big lineup, but a versatile big lineup because both Sabonis and Turner can shoot the three, but they can also bang you down low. And it's not too many teams that can can match up with Sabonis and Turner together if they play to their potential. So with that team, and then you bring off the bench. Uh, uh, players like uh, TJ, because I don't think TJ Warren's going to start, but you bring TJ Warren off the bench, eventually Jeremy Lamb is going to be coming off the bench. Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, and I like the rookie that they got, uh, Gogo Bizad. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's like a seven-foot-two dude. They can block shots, shoot threes, very versatile. He didn't get to play in the preseason in the uh, summer league because of visa issues and an ankle injury, but the kid is really, really good. He's going to be a very, very good backup for them. This team is really deep. They defend. They play really good basketball. I think this is going to be your three seed. Yeah, they'll be I mean, there. What are they? What are, what are they missing? What are I, they? If, especially if you get Depot back, and Depot can play at that saying. level. I, I, but I, even without Depot, without without Depot, I think it's going to be a little bit harder than that. But the East is weaker. They were a four seed is. last year without Depot. I I, I like this team. If Oladipo is healthy, I love this team. Um, you know, which which you won't, you probably won't see him back and healthy and in rhythm until if he comes back. You know, if he comes December. back December, you're not, you know, after the All Star break is when you're going to see him really start to hit form. So, yeah, I can see him getting the three seed. I mean, definitely a top five seed. The 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 other team, you know, we talk about Philly, we talk about the Bucks. Um, the the only other team I could see get besides Boston getting in there is maybe Brooklyn. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of Brooklyn. I, I, I like, I like this squad. I don't love this squad. Um, Kyrie makes a difference, obviously. Wilson Chandler, although I think he's he's going to be suspended for a little bit because of a uh, uh, performance enhancing use or whatever the hell, something he was using. Um, Joe Harris, obviously. DeAndre Jordan, who's washed. We we all know that, but um, I, I think for me with Brooklyn. We know we're probably not going to see KD this year unless it's towards the very end if, if he decides to come back then. Um, if Karis LeVert can stay healthy, now I really start to like this team with him. And Dinwiddie's probably going to come off the bench, but I like this team if Karis LeVert can make that next jump. I, I like Karis LeVert a lot because he does he does a little bit of everything very well. He can rebound. You can run the offense through him. He can he can be a facilitator, and he can be a scorer. So it's for me – it's going to depend on him, and it's going to be if, if Kyrie's going to let let the other dudes around him cook. Because Dinwiddie's a good fucking player, but I'm not sure that he and Kyrie complement each other, so you can't play them together at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like what this team did, but did when it had D'Angelo Russell. But D'Angelo Russell proved to be really coachable. I just think Kyrie, Kyrie can't, Kyrie hasn't won by himself. No. Kyrie's just not a leader. I do like Carlos Levert. I do like Spencer Dinwiddie, but after that. I don't love the other pieces on this team. I don't even think this team is a playoff team until Kevin Durant comes back. I don't like Jared Allen. He's inconsistent, stays in foul trouble. DeAndre Jordan is washed. I like Cars and I like Spencer Dinwiddie, but I don't think they're going to carry the team with Kyrie because Kyrie has to be willing to give him the goddamn ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Kyrie can, is like 20 shots. I don't love you, this team, man. Can you name man five other teams going to jump the Nets? Because let's not forget. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think the Nets forget. are good. Like, I like Orlando better than the Nets. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know you have faults, but come on now. Nah, I mean, if you take faults out of that, Orlando is one of the 
one of the more versatile teams in the East. And even though I do think they're going to have real problems scoring the ball, people are going to have real problems scoring on them. They have well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go to Orlando, I just want to say, like Brad Stevens, like Quinn Snyder, like Mike Malone, let's not forget about Brooklyn and Kenny Atkinson, who's a damn good coach. So, you know, it, I, if, I don't think that, that they took away a ton of talent in losing D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Kyrie is a better player than D'Angelo Russell. Now, whether or not – Let me add this in. Kyrie, is, it's not always about players. When you have a system like a Brad Stevens and a Kenny Atkinson, the player has to be willing to buy into 100% agree. And I don't know that Kyrie is willing to buy into a system that's not his. That's my problem with this Brooklyn team. Can Kyrie do it? He can but is he going to be willing to buy into the system that Kenny Atkinson? That's one thing that made him good is because D'Angelo Russell bought in. He was willing to take nights off and let Spencer Dinwiddie cook. He was willing to chill and let Cars LeVert cook. I don't – that was part of the problem. <laughs> That's part of the problem that they had with Kyrie in Boston. Kyrie yeah. wants the ball, and he feels like he's the only one that should be shooting. And But so that that's my caveat. We'll see. We'll see with Brooklyn. I can't see a scenario where they miss the playoffs in the East. Um, I just – I cannot get the eight teams better than Brooklyn in the East. Uh, you just you just have more faith in Kyrie than I do. No, At this I, point, I, I don't have a lot of faith you know, in Kyrie. I, I do not like Kyrie Irving as a player. Like, I, I mean, I think he's good. I respect his talent. I, would I want him on my team? Absolutely not. Um, I think I think they're missing a lot of toughness when you take away uh, Ed Davis. He was a nice glue guy for them. I'd rather have him over DeAndre Jordan any day. I mean, they – I just don't think this team is going to rekindle because, I mean, they barely made it in last year with the D'Angelo Russell. You know what I mean? And then they went all in to kind of get Kevin Durant. I, I think mean, they got the, they got the like the fifth seed last year, didn't they? Nah, nah. They were, uh, they played Toronto, I want to say. I believe they were the eighth seed. I have to look, but I don't think they were a fifth now, seed. I'm pretty Orlando sure they were like a seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, Orlando was the eighth seed. Uh, because I, I know for sure they didn't because the fourth and fifth seed was Boston, Indiana. Indiana was four or five, so at best they could have been six seed. Yeah, they were six seed because because uh, Detroit got into the playoffs last year. So uh, yeah. yeah, so Detroit and 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 uh, uh, Brooklyn or Detroit and Orlando were seven and eight seeds. So now uh, I will say, so this is my point about Orlando. Orlando has a really weird lineup that's going to be nightmares to score against. They got DJ Augusty, which and Evan Fournier. But then they got uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac, who's what, like seven foot now? They said dude had like a five-inch growth spurt or something. So the dude is like seven foot. You got Aaron Gordon out there, and you got Vucevic. Off the bench, you bring in Mo Bamba and Al Farouk Aminu. So now they're playing around with lineups where it's like Jonathan Isaac at center, Al Farouk Aminu at four, Aaron Gordon at the three. If somehow you even push that down and put in Mo Bamba in there, who can also shoot threes, if they can figure out how to make some of these larger lineups work, they'll be a nightmare on the defensive end. But the biggest part about this team is they re-sign Vucevic. Um, if Vucevic is what makes this team go, and he actually has some better talent around him than he's had in previous years, I really think you're going to see this team take a leap forward, even though – they, they will have some issues on offense just because. That's why I was saying that I think Fultz will be big for them if he can really rekindle the energy that he had coming into the league. Problem is he can't shoot worse shit. He can't <laughs> shoot at all. 
I you got I, Terrence Ross. And I actually like Fultz as a as a player. I like his potential, but yeah, he can't he can't shoot to save his life. So, you know, I, I, I you you're definitely a lot higher on the Magic than I am. I mean, will they make the playoffs? Maybe, but the the problem with the East is there's there's only three teams that got there's only two teams that got a shot. I mean, you know what I mean? Like this has started to become like kind of a joke. The East the East is bad. I mean. We're, I don't need to talk about the Wizards, even though they re-signed Bradley Bill. They're not a playoff team. The only other team that I really want to touch on, unless you've got a couple, because I don't think Detroit's any good, but they'll make the playoffs, but that's not a great team. The Knicks, no need to talk about them. The only other team that I want to touch on and point out for people who are maybe looking to get into basketball or looking for a team to watch, if your team stinks, Atlanta's <laughs> going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta, going to watch. I, I think Atlanta can make the playoffs, but other than that, Charlotte stinks. I mean, I, Miami will probably get to the playoffs, maybe. But other than that, I just – I don't – Cleveland may be fun to watch, maybe, with jo, with John Beeline and, and bringing in a new college system. I mean, no. Head, headache. They got Brandon Knight starting on most nights. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. You're going to watch a lot of with Colin Sexton, Brandon Knight, uh, C.D. Osmond, Tristan Thompson, Ugh. and Kevin Love. Yep. You know I'm what? Watch him, but. I changed my mind. Another fun, fun team to watch, and I'm not sure that they tried to be fun. Um, is going to be the Chicago Bulls. Um, I, I yeah, know, they're gonna, they're going to be bad, but they're going to be fun. Bad. Be fun they're going to put up a lot. They're going to put up a lot of points. Yep. But they're not going to play any defense. No defense, none. <laughs> but, I, but I really like Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas. I like Kobe White. I think Kobe White. I mean, he he's definitely going to need some time to develop. But a big Here point guard. Yep. Score. Yep. Um, I like the. I like Wendell Carter. I like Wendell Carter a lot, and if uh, Marketing can stay healthy, if Zach, I mean Zach Levine keeps rolling, they've got a good young young core. Um, I, I think Chris Dunn is probably done. I mean, I hate to make that joke, but I mean, even if if they keep Chris Dunn around, um, you know, he's a nice piece to you know. I, what is Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn is going to be a really nice backup point guard on a on a um, contending team. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a point Chris guard. Dunn. Yeah, he's going to be – eventually he's going to be a free agent and he's going to be a person that can sign on a team like the Lakers. Yeah. Where you don't you don't expect a lot from him. You expect him to run the offense, play fast, and play defense. They're not going to be expecting him to take a lot of jump shots. If Chris Dunn went to the Lakers right now, he would be a blessing to the Lakers. Yeah. They really need a player like – um, Chris Dunn that can take the pressure off LeBron. That's what Chris Dunn is. He has to get out of his draft status. But his, I, his draft, he's still stuck in his draft status. Yeah, as the number five overall pick. He definitely won't live up to that. But but then even adding Otto Porter, Thomas Sadoransky, like a fun little team in Chicago. But um but yeah, back to Atlanta, man. Like I, I, I don't like I don't like the disrespect to brush over the heat, but we'll get back to that. Go into your Atlanta your Atlanta spiel. I mean, the Heat are what they are, man. I mean, the Heat are going to make the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth seed. Hey, 5th, 6th seed. I mean, you know, that, that's who they are. The, the <laughs> Miami Heat ain't changed in, you know, five years. Um, but, you know, I, I like this Atlanta team. Trey Young, I do want to stop the comparisons to Steph Curry because he. I you look at the clip that they – like, yeah, he has the range, but Steph Curry can fucking shoot the lights out with, with Bro. more efficiency than Trey Young. But I like Trey. I, I don't. I don't know, man. Trey can shoot that thing. But Trey's man, like Trey, uh, Trey's what a thirty-six percent shooter forever. Like even in college, but and Steph is like 40 percent. You know what I mean? Was like, he a thirty-six percent shooter last year? I think. I so. know that Trey. I, I know that Trey has more like thirty. 
he has more uh, shots made from 30 foot than Clay has in his career. Like he had like 24 or 25. He might have had 30 last year. Clay uh, uh, Steph had like 20. Yeah, but like why? He's never had a career because he makes that shit. Like I need to look up uh, his his field goal percentage because I and and it's gonna be weighed down because early in that season he did not shoot well. The second half of that season he played. If he wasn't rookie of the year, I think it should have been cold rookies of the year. Personally, he, he was close because because Luca came out very very hot and Trey kind of struggled with his shooting percentages. But the second half of that season, not only was Trey shooting lights out. But he was averaging like 10 assists a game. And I don't know why he wasn't a co-MVP because Luca came down that second half and Trey went up. His, and then he only he only had two people vote him for the first place. And that's crazy. His court vision is underrated. But the one thing about Atlanta that's gonna put them over the edge for me is the addition of Chandler Parsons. Uh, <laughs> the, the the man's a killer. And they, you know, a, a, a max player. Um I, uh, I, I can't wait to see what we're gonna get out of him. Disgusting. Now, I will say, hey, I do like the addition of DeAndre Hunter. He's a lot better than I thought he would be. Like, I've been watching DeAndre Hunter. He is a – shit, he looks like Rudy Gay kind of. That plays defense yep. and plays hard all the time. But he's just really efficient. He he knocks down that three. He's a, he's a prototypical three and D guy. And that's exactly what they need. If they they're gonna, I believe they're gonna start him, which is gonna be good because they're gonna have Trey Huter and they're gonna have DeAndre Hunter with uh, John Collins and uh, I don't know who they got their starting center yet. I don't think they decided. It's either gonna be Lynn or the kid, probably Alex Lynn, or, or the dude from Golden State, uh, D- Damian Jones. But then you have Cam Reddish coming off the bench. I mean, this is gonna be a fun team to watch. Evan Turner, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting but yeah man the east is it like let's let's go ahead and wrap it up and who who is your eight teams in the east eight teams give them to me man it's gonna be philly milwaukee cream of the crop um uh, mm-hmm. boston brooklyn um i think detroit makes the playoffs uh in some form or fashion i think miami orlando makes playoffs in some form or fashion that leaves me with what between That's Toronto eight, and Atlanta, right? is that eight? Damn, you got. Damn, you didn't even name Toronto, and if you did, you're gonna put them in ninth seed. You're for real. That you I, think I don't, make I don't, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I think to, I, it, I'm telling you, man. If I, it would not shock me if Toronto blew this team up in the middle of the season. It, it just, Bro, I like. I, I like Toronto way better than I like Brooklyn. My eight teams are gonna be. I like uh, Philly to win the conference. Milwaukee, uh, Indiana Pacers. Um, Boston, I I take Boston, Toronto, Miami, Orlando. Man, I hate Detroit. Fuck them. I go I go to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate Detroit, man. Just, this is an abomination there. I hate. They should they should make the playoffs. They and should. Detroit should make the playoffs. I just hate everything about that team. Everything. Are we missing Fair. a team? I feel like I feel like we're missing somebody. Did I name Orlando? You did. Uh, did I? Yep. I think so. You did. You got to them. Okay. You, the, the team you're missing is the Brooklyn Nets that you don't want to put in. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they make. I think they'll be a fun team to watch, but I think they'll win 37 games. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, th- I think Brooklyn makes it. But uh, that's it. That's all, y'all. That's our NBA preview. We're going to hit y'all with another podcast uh, this week to go over the NFL news. We'll go over the NBA kickoff. Um 
till then, then you know where to find us. Two smart dummies, baby. Peace. Peace. All right. Hello.